You're listening to the Skyscanner Travel Podcast. Welcome to the Skyscanner Podcast with myself, Sam Baldwin. Uh, with me, Hugh Beecham. And me, Sam Poulin. And we welcome back Skyscanner's CEO and co-founder, Gareth Williams. Hi. Today's podcast is about travel tips and hacks. We're going to be talking about how we can save money and time when you travel. And just maximising your, your, your trip, really. Maximising your time away. That's right. So we're going to first start off, when you're planning a trip, what tips and tricks, what websites, what apps, what things do you do to save time and get the cheapest flights or cheapest accommodation? Well, I mean, there's an obvious answer here, isn't there? <laughs> which is, um, which is to, to look at a, uh, a, an aggregator or travel meta search site like Skyscanner, for example. Um, which can help you find, uh, help you browse for inspiration or find kind of nice, easy, cheap flights um, that fit your kind of itinerary. But that's the sales pitch over, I guess. Oh, and that's the end of the podcast, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, but no, genuinely, it does help a lot. And it's, it's where I usually start. What about in choosing a destination? So in the past, it used to be read the weekend supplement, say, of a travel travel supplement how do you how do you all get inspired about places you might like to go i think for me um it's constantly something in the back of my mind where is the next trip uh the inspiration could strike from reading a magazine or something but increasingly it could just be an article on social media or a picture or a video Uh, i tend to keep a lot of lists uh, on my phone about places i want to visit or potential uh, things to do in certain places Oh, that's interesting. Um, so, do you do you do like you have know, like yourself a, a, a travel Pinterest board or something like that? So, I was using a really great app called Create Trips, which has actually uh, closed, um, and that was a, a kind of um, an app where you could track uh, potential locations and things to do. But I tend to just have a kind of uh, iPhone note. So, I, I kind of take uh, notes and keep a list. So, Sam, I suspect you're a uh, super node. I forget the. The, the tame for it. <laughs> I've often called him that. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a term for it, um, an influencer, essentially. Um, my approach is there's about four people that I know puts the research in, and I like the sort of trips they go on. So I'm always on the list now for where these yeah. four friends um, have chosen to go, because I don't mind going one year later, because um, I trust the research and the things they want to do for me um often it's the price itself can be the inspiration right so sometimes Mm. you might not be considering a place but if you see particularly good flight price there a cheap deal you might think oh well i didn't consider there but that's a cheap place i'll go there so again sorry for the sales pitch but skyscanner is pretty good for that (laughs) because you've got the everywhere search so you can put in your home airport and then type in everywhere and you'll get a list of various destinations in price order of where you can fly to and that is a, a genuine tool that I use a lot because um, I've found cheap flights to places that I may not have really considered before Do any of you guys find yourselves going back to the same places over and over again? Or Yes, more, definitely yeah. definitely. Uh, there's, there's a few cities that I, I'm happy to go back to over and over so I'll go to Berlin, Paris um, New York I would like to go back, I was there last year London is always good for a weekend, and yeah, there's, there's certain cities I will go to over I, and over, for sure. I can tell you a undiscovered city that once, having been there, um, I will go back regularly, and I've been there probably five times. It's a place called Barcelona. Um, All right, never heard of it. Yeah. So, but it, it was one of those places that everybody said you should go, and that kind of put me off uh, until I did go, and... So I think one of the things, and I was there this summer, and it was packed. So one of my recommendations would be go in winter. You know, mm. you, you'll get a full experience of possibly the most amazing man-made thing in the world, the Sagrada Familia. Um, go to the Picasso Museum and actually go in winter. That's probably a good tip overall, actually, is there are probably lots of cities that are great to visit mm-hmm. in the off-season. Um, I've been thinking about, uh, in fact... Venice, uh, Venice, for example. Or I read a piece uh, in the in the paper. It was a it was uh, one of those old fashioned Sunday supplement uh, travel pieces about Lisbon in November and things like that. So uh, I think 
you know, and you're going to get good prices if you go in the off season as well. Yeah. yeah, funnily enough, I've got Lisbon booked for January. Uh-huh. But yeah, in terms of sort of choosing a destination, um, I I also get quite inspired when I see big lists by Lonely Planet or New York Times that have the kind of the places you must go to next year. They generally have some interesting tips in there about new things opening and stuff like that. So that's one of the ways I kind of choose as well. Um, but, you know, choosing somewhere to go is kind of fun as well, whether it's recommended to you or you choose yourself. Yeah, I think my most recent booking was a uh, was a bit of an impulse buy, based on a a certain uh, well known uh, Irish low cost airline uh, had a flash sale, so you went on their site and they was just like, yep, yeah, here are some places you can go for a tenner. So I'm off to Copenhagen at the end of January. Yeah, why not? Excellent. I tend to be attracted to um, places which I haven't heard of. So maybe a bit like what Gareth was saying, the places that everyone says you must go to. I could attend to sort of not be quite so interested in those but it's the it's the places that I haven't heard of before these maybe smaller cities in less well-known and less visited countries that tend to pique my interest so how do you find out about those then Sam um a lot through friends um who might have been or just reading online travel blogs and, and magazines and that sort of thing okay so once you've once you've got your inspiration of where to go to what are some tips and tricks for actually getting those tickets booked well Hugh um, how the roles have reversed (laughs) if we're talking about how to find uh, well let's say let's assume we're going to fly there obviously there are other forms of transport but let's assume you're flying Um, you want to try and get the cheapest ticket you can so there's a couple of variables you can either choose if you can if you're flexible about when you travel as we were saying before it's good if you can travel in the off season, um, maybe even midweek, it can be cheaper than the weekends. Um, a great tool to use is Skyscanner's calendar or month view search, which allows you to see which are the cheapest days to travel on any given month. I think also signing up for there's there's several main airlines that generally that fly from your airport, and if you sign up for their newsletter, you'll find out when seats go on sale for the Mm. new season and for the low cost carriers um, often they will start cheap and then get more expensive over time Um, so you know uh, Sam you you knew to get on uh, to to the uh, Ryanair flash sale or was that Hugh? That was me me. sorry Hugh that's all right and (laughs) um, and it's because you get pinged yeah, I got a push. Right I got a push notification to my phone because I've got the Ryanair app installed, mm-hmm. and I got a notification on my phone and went, "Oh, I'm going to have a look at that." And yeah, then, and yeah. I think new routes opening up is quite exciting, isn't it? Because suddenly you can go somewhere that's brand new, direct from your home airport, and it's usually about ten or eleven months, isn't it? That the that a route will and open if it's up. a city break, you're not you're not so keen on an indirect f- flight either. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, accommodation-wise, one of the ways that I kind of try and save time on where I'm going to potentially stay is creating lists on Airbnb and also kind of favouriting um, on Skyscanner hotels as well. Yeah. But just keeping a list and, you know, accommodation to me is something I take a bit more time over. Unless I have that hotel in mind, for example, the summer in Paris, I like to go. But otherwise, I don't have it in mind. I'll have a few places saved just there and I'll kind of spend a bit of time deciding which one to go for. Do you usually find you sort the flight out first before the? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know o- some almost people. Almost always, almost always. I, I'm, I'm like that as well. I fly it first and then bother about the combination a bit later on. But some people do it the other way around. They kind of book the, the hotel first, but not me. So let's go back to accommodation then. Um, I also am a big fan of Airbnb. I think probably the the last couple of years, almost all of my accommodation has been an Airbnb apartment, um, with a couple of exceptions. But um, where do you guys, are you still hoteling or? I'm almost exclusively Airbnb now, actually. All my recent stuff has been, uh, or some of the alternatives like home trip. Yeah. Um, yeah, Airbnb all the way for me. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Not much more to say. <laughs> I, I generally go Airbnb. Um, I do still sometimes go hotel if there's a nice place that I like or I, I want to go to. Uh, hotel Tonight's good as well for last minute deals. Um, they've been really good. So how far, how representative are you in terms of Airbnb? Um, certainly Airbnb is still growing 
really fast. Um, do you think there's going to be a massive shift in um, the balance between uh, owner managed versus hotels? I think there's always going to be a market for hotels because there's yeah. a certain there's certain things that hotels offer which Airbnb will never offer. You know, things like certain having a, a bar in the you know in the hotel or certain services, but. Um, I, yeah, I think there's still a lot of more growth, and I think people are becoming more and more comfortable with the notion of Airbnb. Yeah, I mean, I think that the business market I don't think will ever move away from hotels in the same way as the leisure market might. Because if you're you're a business traveller and you're landing in the middle of some city at 8 p.m. at night, the last thing you want to do is go and track down the owner to do the key exchange. To likewise, in the morning, all you're going to want to do is go down to the hotel restaurant and have a fairly mediocre continental breakfast before you get to your meeting rather than I might not be completely accurate and representative about this but uh, rather than trying to work out where a good pavement calf to go and I think length of trips got a big part to play with it though right Mm. because a business traveller who's just there for a night or two nights yeah yeah, it's almost not worth the faff of of Airbnb if you're there for longer it's actually quite nice I mean I know people that come to visit Skyscanner office from other offices and they if they're here for say a week they will get an Airbnb apartment because they prefer the the kind of the comfortable nature of having a kitchen and stuff. Yeah. So if you're organising a city break in the next few months, do you recommend trying out Airbnb? See how that works out. Definitely. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Kind and of. what about in terms of hotels? Any tips how how to get the best hotel deals? Well, obviously, Sky's going to has a uh, hotel search facility as well. You can compare lots and lots of hotels and hostels and and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's been a little while actually since I have booked a hotel. So. Again, at Hotel Tonight, it's been great. I've used that a couple of times. Um, they share the top deals in that city every day. I think they don't go online until the morning or about midday. Uh, but they're generally quite nice hotels at a good discount. Yeah. So it's been a good app, actually. I think that's interesting. So we've, we've talked a lot of the things we've talked about, especially in terms of flights, but also accommodation. So Airbnb, you need to plan a little bit ahead in order to make sure that you get somewhere and somebody's got time to respond to your request to stay with them. Um, but Sam, you're talking about last-minute rooms. So I guess there's last-minute travel to talk about as well. What, what are tips and tricks for... for fi- if you decide, sod it, I want to go somewhere this weekend... So, well, so how late can you go? What, what's the, what's you the minimum time required to purchase a flight? Two hours, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I did, in fact, um, I w- was walking up a Monroe and was going to do another one the next day. And it was raining pretty hard. So instead, uh, I went to the airport and bought the next flight out. And that flight was two hours later. Fantastic. Where did you fly to? Uh, it was Barcelona. It was okay, the first time I went, went there. <laughs> so it wasn't That's even... quite a change from the, a sodden Monroe. Uh, yeah. Yes. So was that unplanned? It, you just, yeah. It was going to be any flight and it happened to be Barcelona? Yes. Yeah. And was it... Because I think the general wisdom when it comes to booking flights is generally the earlier, the better. I think there used to be this idea that if you went at the last minute, you could get some amazing deal. But I don't think that's the case so much now. I don't see that, No. No. So do you think that the days of rocking up at the ticket counter at the airport and saying, you know, are there any standby seats or can you get me somewhere for 400 quid? Do you think those are gone? Well, you can still do it, right? But it's not going to be a cheap deal because otherwise it changes the the airline's model, right? If people know that they can leave it to the last minute. If 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 it's last minute, then airlines typically are assuming you need to get that flight. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the Airbnb question or accommodation question at the last minute, you can also book Airbnb actually quite late because they've introduced something called instant book now. I, I do typically leave it quite late to book um, Airbnb sometimes and generally find something. I think the, I guess the inventory they have now is so large in big yeah. cities that actually I found it a bit easier than in the past. Have any of you guys hosted on Airbnb? I have no. not. I have it, not. I've been Airbnb host, so I've seen it from both both sides. Instant book, Sam? I won't do instant book yet because I like to vet my guests. Um as in just check they've got yeah. like reviews and, you know, um verified ID and stuff. Are humans. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's think a bit more about okay, so how to save money and time. You've booked your flight, you've maybe booked your accommodation. What about packing? So one bag, two bags. Obviously, 
the fewer bags you bring, certainly it's cheaper because it normally costs or often costs money to, to check in a bag these days. I've been taking a lot of advantage of hand luggage only fares recently, not just with low cost carriers, but with scheduled as well. Um, I have a, it's, it's officially a camera bag, but it is exactly... Man bag. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a backpack, but it's, a, it's um, international carry on dimensions. Exactly. So it's designed for for that. So I, I find I can get like most of my stuff and actually most of my partner's stuff. But you save a lot of time as well just traveling. Mm, absolutely. That yeah. absolutely is a joy to just breeze past all the people waiting at the carousel. It's a double whammy, isn't it? It's time and money. Yeah. And one really important tip is airlines often have different weight uh, restrictions as well. And you can be stung. I've been stung before underestimating the the allowance even for a checked bag in the hold yeah so you should really check that before you travel because it's not always the same amount so one thing that's got me in trouble actually is is forgetting that they will weigh your hand baggage as well sometimes they do pinch you with that yeah so particularly when carrying camera gear uh that can get you in trouble although i did sell all my big heavy lenses recently because i don't use them but (laughs) oh you're like paparazzi lenses yeah yeah it is worth checking the type of equipment you have in your um hand baggage as well because i've seen people be uh i've seen people being pulled up for uh tripods for cameras really sometimes they're not sometimes they are yeah, and things yeah. like that, and that can again put you back in terms of time and really kind of throw your. So, trip. Should we talk a little bit about the choice of luggage. Then, are you do you favour the sort of quite fashionable these days um, hard hard shelled wheelie case, or are you more of a soft sided? Personally, I like a soft sided bag because it means you can squeeze it under the seat or squeeze it into I'm, the. Yeah, I, I'm soft sided. Soft side. I'm soft sided all the way, Sam. Um, You're not a hard case, uh, but actually, that's that's true for me in um, for hold luggage as well. So I, I, when I travel, I do have a a proper suitcase. Um, I rarely use it. I usually, if I'm travelling, I, I take a back a big backpack, like a walking, like a hiking backpack. Yeah. If you've got hard case, then it's basically going to have to go up above you. Yeah. Um, which means if you want to get a book or an iPad, that's a bit of a hassle, your laptop, etc. If it's soft, then um, if you haven't got much, it'll squeeze underneath by your feet. Um, it's just a lot more convenient. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. agree. Uh, for a hold bag, I do have a large kind of hard uh, case, which is great. And I prefer it over a large backpack because sometimes the amount of walking you have to do with it, it's just it can be quite a lot if you have hold bags uh, sorry hand baggage as well it's quite a lot to carry yeah, whereas the roller case you glide through on wheels now Gareth you just mentioned just before we start recording that you recently most of your trips you travel just with one hand luggage bag only which you've actually got behind you but what you've also brought into the podcast studio today is a very um, I don't know how to describe it it's kind of like a a large wallet wallet is that the word folder almost with little elastic um, yeah it's probably got a name but I'm not sure what it is so it's a sort of board with a with elastic on it yeah, so we'll, it's, we'll, it's, we'll take a picture and post it on the in the blog post when we put this up it's A4 sized and it's got a mass of electric um, elastic bungees and the idea is you just tuck into there everything you might need when you're travelling so um and, and it's in the bag that I use for traveling. I also use the same bag to take into work. It's got my laptop in and things. So I've always got it with me. It's always got a phone charging cable. I actually have, um, have ones for Android phones and things like that because people... Yeah, I buy an old 30-pin uh, iPhone connector on there as well. Yeah. I can um, see a little red torch. Is that... There's a little mini torch. Yeah. Um, there is... There's actually one of those fold-up um, sort of cheap uh, glasses in case I happen to, to leave my glasses behind. So um, that can get me out of trouble, has done in the past. There'll be a sewing, there's a sewing kit in there. It's really quite impressive. Boy Scout. It is. It's the modern. It's the traveller's... <laughs> Um, traveller's pen knife I'd yeah say. absolutely yeah. although no, no actual pen knife because I wouldn't let you on a plane with that well, well, that's, that's a very good point yeah. in fact they might not let you on the on the plane with that to be honest well, they might well. look twice <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, they've been okay so far so it's been been shown to be unproblematical at least a hundred times so fair enough 
So that's a little tip um, you could do if you want to travel like like Sky's Garcia is to get yourself one of these. What, can you buy that? that yes. What, do you know what you don't know what it's called? Um, no, that would be great if I did know yeah. the name. But um, uh, perhaps we can post a link to it. Yeah, we'll find out. <clears throat> so a couple of other um, tips. Definitely check in online. Always check in online. Yep. And use the baggage drop as well. Yeah, mobile, mobile boarding cards as well. I love it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, get most, not all actually, but more and more airlines now, you can download the uh, the app and, and get a mobile boarding pass on your app or at least print it out. It's better if you can get it on your phone, but but basically uh, yeah. don't, you don't want to check in actually at the airport. That's yeah. the, the, the mm-hmm. standard cost your time. Yeah. I can actually load the mobile boarding pass on my Apple Watch, Ooh. but my wrist doesn't fit under the scanner. <laughs> so it doesn't actually work. So it's kind of a place. You got like an unusually large wrist or something. It's just I, I the think... scanners are quite thin. You know, you kind of put your pass or your mobile under. Right. Yeah. But yeah. actually, my you can wrist, take the watch off. To be honest, so, Sam, I think it's probably for the best that you're not yeah. you're not so, scanning your way through the barriers by waving your arm at things. I, I just, so it's not a, it's not a great piece of tech from that point of view. Okay, how about the... So one of the cues that is very difficult to beat, you can't really beat it, you have to join it, um, is the security queue. Ah, yes. Um, it's inevitable that you're going to have to go through that. But what tips can you give to just speed your way through? Uh, a lot of them have shortcut lanes. You can either pay at the airport, or if you've got frequent flyer points, um, then you're allowed to use it. So that's one. Although, on, on that point, though, yeah. I think this is a contentious point, personally, because to me, that is monetizing. The airport is, by making their normal service worse, they are <laughs> encouraging people to pay for a, an expedited service, which seems a little bit wrong to me. But I, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've had an argument about net neutrality at this point. <laughs> Sam, they're charging a pound to drop someone off at the airport. Aren't they? The kiss and fly charge. Kiss, kiss and fly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah air, airports are uh, Wait, increasingly what? looking towards um, charging for a fast lane. Whether I would do it or not, I guess if you're in a rush, you're going to pay. Um, but why would you be in a rush? I mean, if you've left it late, I've been in that position many, many times. Uh, unfortunately. So do you get the opportunity to buy the express lane at security while you're at the airport? Because I've only ever seen you do it at Edinburgh yeah. Airport. Ah, interesting. Okay. How, how much do they charge? Uh, £5. Okay. I would have done that. I was recently um, coming the other way, coming through immigration at Edinburgh Airport on my way back from from, uh, our Sophia office, actually. And the electronic uh, passport gates were down and there were two people on uh, on the regular passport gates and the queue was... I, I must have been in that queue for 45 minutes. So if I'd had an opportunity to give somebody a fiver to get a fast track through... To, uh, to have somebody kind of look at my passport and say that, oh, that doesn't look like you anymore, but you can come in anyway, then um, then I absolutely would have done that, yeah. Well, my, Miami airport is, uh, every time I've been there, getting out of security the other side is, has been at least an hour yeah. um, wow. each time that I've been there so far. So what, so what other tips? I mean, for me personally, as I'm in that queue, I'm already starting to... Undress. Well, I think they derobe. Like I, I yeah. kind of, I put, I take all the things out of my pocket, so like my loose change and my keys, and I stick them into say either my bag pocket or if I'm wearing a jacket, I stick them into the pockets. The jacket yeah. and zip up the pockets. I'm jacket so, pocket all the way. So I have zip up jacket pockets. Yeah. Phone goes in one. Yeah. Change goes in another. Wallet, keys. Belt. Carefully putting them in places so the phone isn't in one with the keys, so it will get scratched. No, but, I don't do that. But just everything in the pocket. So all you have to do is put the jacket in the in the box, belt in the box, yeah, and um, laptop out. Because there's nothing more infuriating than standing behind somebody who's carefully, you know, working out exactly where everything needs to go. Or yep. it makes you much much faster at the other end when you pick your stuff up as well. Because you don't exactly. have to fish individual coins out of the box exactly. and try and put them in your pockets. You, so you've got to have... get your liquids ready as well. Yeah. Um, get them well, all prepared. Or yeah. avoid travelling with them at all. Mm. <laughs> I have one of those clear plastic bags with any liquids in. It's it's taken the place. I don't have a toiletries bag. Yeah. I mean, I have a one of the airport bags now. Yeah. I take my toothbrush, um, which is an electric with a case, but I tend not to take anything else because every airport I've ever been to has a has a pharmacy in it, which will sell you. Well, after you get through security, you can buy like miniatures of whatever you need anyway. Yeah, I, mean, I tend to just uh, 
yeah, if you, if you forget, you know, shower gel, whatever, you can always buy it at your destination unless you're going into the middle of the Peruvian jungle or something. But, you can, but even if you're worried about that, you can get it at the airport after you get through security. Yeah. Any other tips, like actually in the airport, any other trip? What about duty-free? Is it good value or not so good these days? I don't believe it offers great value. <clears throat> uh, we've actually looked into it at Skyscanner before. We've done a couple of studies. I think on some goods it it often is good value on some others it's not but I think generally from what I've seen there's not an enormous saving uh, I think if you're in a different country and you're buying electronics it may work well depending on um, think, where you uh, are but yeah. on I overall I don't think there's a great saving I think it depends on airport to airport and also mm. product to product like certain say bottles of alcohol we are special offer in Frankfurt or so you can get some good deals but it's maybe not as good as it once was I feel Mm. like a lot of the bottles of booze that you see in duty free so so scotch whiskey I think is probably a good example of this there'll be oh this is an exclusive and it's reduced from £100 to only £60 for a bottle and it's an airport exclusive and that seems to be that they've bottled a year that you can't buy in the shops anyway and they've just said, oh, normally this would be 100 quid. But yeah. I think buying a 17-year-old Glenmorangie instead of the 18-year-old or the 12-year-old for, you know, three yeah. to three times the price you can get it in the off-license is a bit of a rip-off. So has anyone flown out of Stansted recently? Not for a while. Yeah, not, not for, for a, a while. while. So they've um, upgraded Stansted. But one of the things, and you see it in Edinburgh as well, is... They make you take a winding walk mm. through the shopping, yeah, shopping mall through the world duty free. That's really um, it's the same in all over the place now. Yeah, yeah. With, fact, the, with the sparkly yeah. black tiles. In fact, when I landed in Bali, I'd gone through customs and everything. Got to the um, front gate with the taxi drivers waiting. We had to go through another duty free shop after everything to get back outside again. So there's yeah. ways of adding even more. All to get your massive Toblerone. Topical. Well, not massive not, Toblerone not so anymore. anymore. Uh, still, no, the airport ones are still... It's only the uh, it's only the, four, the, the little ones that have been... The, four, the ones you can get in shops in the UK that have yeah. been shrunk <clears throat> to punish us. Let's talk a little bit about... Um, <laughs> Political. Currency, so getting your foreign money... Um, I think in the in the in the old days people would go to the post office or go to somewhere a bank and physically get change their British pounds for physical notes of that currency. I think these days that's becoming less common, although still lots of people do do it. Um, but what's becoming more common are um, either just using your bank card in the country the country you're going to and withdrawing cash although I would not recommend that it's a very expensive yep. way to do it mm-hmm. um, or there's a, a, a several kind of prepaid preloaded cards the one I personally really like using I've been using for about about two years now it's called WeSwap and you you get a card it's like a MasterCard you can it's all controlled via an app and you transfer money from your bank account to your WeSwap account and then you can do a currency conversion uh, via the app, um, and it's it's used is interbank rates, so it's pretty much the cheapest exchange rate. It's, it's certainly cheaper than you'd get it on the high street. Um, it's very convenient because it's all done on the app, and then you just can use that card to go to any ATM and withdraw cash. Yeah, so I I was in the just use my my regular debit card camp for a while until probably about a year ago but that is expensive because your bank is going to apply their own exchange rate and they're also going to apply probably a foreign exchange charge every time you do it um so yeah like sam i've i've recently picked up a um i use one called revolut which is another app-based prepay card it it behaves like a mastercard debit um, do you get a physical card? You, you get a physical in? card. Um, you just install the app and then you request a physical card through the app and they mm-hmm. post you one. Um, for each currency or does the same card Same work? card works for every currency. Okay, so that sounds pretty good yeah. because I'm still uh, muggins uh, arriving at the airport yeah. and going to a cash point. That's oh, so I don't. You need to get so, the times, Gareth. Uh, so so yeah. we, we swap, I think, probably all of these cards that you yeah. get one card which is 
uh, well, we sort of simultaneously holds the currencies, and you can see how much you've got. Or yeah. I think Hugh's so example. This, this is a bit different to the Revolut card that I've got, and I think the Monzo card that Sam yeah. uses, which yep. is you load up in GBP, or it also supports um, holding money in US dollars or euro, and then when you're at your destination, uh, or when you spend either in a shop or if you take money out at the ATM, at the moment that you do that it uses the current interbank rate mm -hmm. that's currently live to make the currency conversion and then just debits it off the amount that you've preloaded onto the card. And you can set it to automatically top itself up or you can top it up through the app. Mm -hmm. Gives you a nice rundown of um, where you've spent and what you've spent as well. So uh, I would find that um, I'd actually get a notification on my phone to tell me that I'd spent some money on it before the ATM had spat the money out or before mm. before the transaction had gone through on the on the point of sale when I was there so yeah. I, I, it's absolutely brilliant um, I, I was in Ireland recently and what with the the current fluctuations with the euro um, the ATMs there you'll know when you go to an ATM and it's one where they're expecting tourists to be there it will say do you want us to do this transaction in your own currency or do you want us to do it in the local currency and then it'll give you what they what they want to give you as an exchange rate. If you've got one of these cards, and this is really really important, always do it in the local currency. Don't let the machine do a, do a conversion for you. Yeah. Because if you do, this thing wanted to give me eighty five um, euro cents to the pound. I used my Revolut and I got ninety four euro cents to the pound so yep. it can save you a significant amount of money yeah don't yeah. be fooled you'll see this whenever you make a transaction pretty much even if you're say a, a restaurant and you get the little machine and it always gives this choice of do you want to pay in gbp or you know the local currency never be fooled yeah. don't pay in gbp and i've always had pay in the local. i've had people but that's, that's quite important to even if you're using a normal bank card yes, yes. always pay in local yeah. currency yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. I think what's great about uh, prepaid cards, Monzo and the others we've talked about, is the the app that usually comes, well, always in fact for the three that comes with it, because it gives you a budget tracker on there and breaks down what you've spent. Yeah, and actually, if you're handy. on a, a trip and you, you're on a budget of any kind, it's a great way of keeping track of the it. The only thing to say about that that you need to consider is uh, once you load it up, once you've loaded up the card, that's fine. You don't need mobile connection. You can spend on it whenever you like. But if you need to top it up again, you need to be somewhere where you've got data coverage on your phone. So yeah, that's the only you, that's the only consideration. Or Wi-Fi. Yes. Yeah, or Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point, and actually brings us on to mobile phone uh, costs as well. Um, and there's a few ways to do this. So the carriers themselves are offering much better rates when you're abroad. I think. Um, my carrier, which is Vodafone, is £3 a day in Europe or £5 in yeah. the States. Same for EE. Or, I'm with. even better, well, buy a local SIM. Well, I can top that. Um, I'm with... Uh, <laughs> oh, can you? I can. I'm with um, three, and they have a very cool feature where they have this thing called Feel at Home. And I think there's maybe 15 or so countries around the world where your... The, the package that you have in the UK is exactly the same as if you're abroad. So it's, it's as if you were in the UK, i.e. if you're in France or in Singapore or whatever, there's no extra cost. It's You can use the same data and the same calls as if you're in the UK. Um, hmm. Hopefully I'll expand that to even more countries, um, but it's, it's pretty useful if you're in one of those countries that they cover. That's a great deal, actually. It's pretty good. Yeah. What you shouldn't do is be in a hotel in a rush packing go to the airport and um, not notice that you're disconnected from the Wi-Fi. Oh, no. Um, at the start of downloading a Ministry of Sound 60-song compilation. <laughs> Is that quite an expensive lesson? It was a very expensive lesson. <laughs> yeah. That could be pricey. Yeah, and, and wherever you do, exactly, do not go on... Mobile roaming, unless you unless have you a local know, sim or you know you have a deal, you know because it have can one be hugely packages. expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, just going quickly one step back. So you you're waiting to get on the plane. You're you're kind of sitting down the seat, and your flight gets called. Now there's two groups of people. There's the group that will <laughs> rush immediately. Actually, normally before it even gets called, one person gets up and it kind of causes this avalanche. Starts and the queue. Everyone yeah. suddenly forms a massive queue, and I'm I still do not understand why people people bother. If you've got allocated seats, what is the point? Because you end up waiting for probably 15, 20 minutes in the queue. Um, I think 
maybe if you've got a family, you you maybe it's more important to kind of get on there first. I'm not sure, but if you're kind of a a casual traveller, I don't see the point in jumping up and joining that queue. And even if you're right at the front of it, and you if you don't have priority boarding or small children or need assistance, they're not going to board you first anyway. So you're just going to watch other people walk past you. I think the only advantage is that if you if you get on last, then it, there is the chance that there will be no space in the overhead lockers. Mm. So, I mean, for me, that's not a problem because I've got my soft-sided bag, which can squeeze under the seat. Although, actually, there's been one scenario where I got caught out. If you're in the exit row aisles, mm-hmm. then you're not allowed to put your bag under yep. the seat. And I ended up having to check the bag in, which I was quite annoyed about, especially if it's soft-sided. I think but, this is mostly a scenario that happens with low-cost airlines, isn't it, where... They, if there's not enough room, because everybody takes hand luggage on those flights, if there's not enough room, then they'll put your bag in the hold. Yeah, that does happen quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but the, apart the, from that... The, the you, other factor, though, is how are you getting to the plane? If you're walking down a gangway, that's one thing. If you're being put onto buses, then you've got uh, different factors there. But I tend to agree, you either want to be right at the front or just go on last the bus I hate the bus the thing about buses though is if you're one of these super keen people who's right at the front of the queue is that actually you're going to be furthest away from the doors on the bus once you're in on the bus right so the people the people who get on the bus last are going to be getting up closest to the doors so when when it pulls up to the airway and opens the whole science of getting on London tube of kind of eyeballing people you you don't know for sure which side the plane's going to be on you know I think for me I'm the last guy to board if I'm travelling on my own I'm the last guy to board the plane and you just don't need to rush around you, you need to just relax it's, yeah, it's, you, have a, you have a very relaxed attitude in life generally it's though, a more so. pleasant experience I think if you just relax <laughs> I to agree. be honest okay so you're on the plane um, what about entertainment actually once you're on the plane let's let's not talk about I don't mean the, the on plane the on board entertainment but if you're on a kind of low cost uh, plane do you take your own do you download films do you download podcasts such podcasts. as this kind of podcast I tend to download podcasts to my phone before I get on the plane, because you are not going to have data in the air, people. Mm. Um, well, even if you do, you're not going to be able to download large amounts of audio, probably. Mm-hmm. Ministry True. of Sound albums. Ministry of Sound thing. albums, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, podcast in and go to sleep for a couple of hours. That's generally my approach. Yeah, I always yeah. make sure to have something to read or watch. That's for sure. I think I'll generally have a newspaper, The Economist magazine, and a book. Old school. And... I will also have books on audible.com. Um, mm. So if I want to listen to a book, I can do that. Um. So that's, a, um, I think, an interesting thing that I've been thinking about is that I used to also take a magazine or a newspaper, but I'd now quite like the fact that you can put on headphones means that you do isolate yourself from the kind of general noise and plain noise and noise of other small children screaming, that sort of thing. So it kind of... It's a more stress-free experience to be able to immerse yourself in a podcast or a film or something. And can you read at the same time as listening to music? No, or no, I, I, I one or listen the to music. Um, I you couldn't normally, do it at the same time. Well, I I normally do one or the other. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, me too. I occasionally, try and read the in-flight magazine while I'm listening to a podcast, and it's inevitably a mistake. I think I've missed bits of one of them. Okay, so what about when the plane touched down? Um, <laughs> we really have broken this down. We're breaking we? it down. Well, there's another, there's another little pet peeve. What I, level of granularity are we going to, Sam? There's another little pet peeve I wanted to raise, and that is um, when the plane touches down, the people that jump up straight away, you know, is as it, soon as it's touched Is this travel tips or, or whinges about people you don't like? <laughs> it's a combination. <laughs> um, but my tip would be... There's, you. There is this tendency of some people to jump up straight away, right? As soon as the plane touches down, like you're in the middle seat and the person maybe who's in the window seat jumps up as if to kind of put the pressure onto you to get out of my way. But they're not going anywhere. No one on that plane is going anywhere for at least five, maybe even ten minutes sometimes. So, Sam, how do you turn this into a tip? (laughs) My tip is... Don't get up. Just remain seated until the, the the flow of people in the aisle starts to move. Then you know you can start to make your preparations. But 
you also get that thing when they kind of they, they can't fully stand up because of the so they're mm. kind of half crouched I'm, I'm that guy I need to stretch my legs so well, you're quite tall as well stand up straight so straight away, do you find yourself wedged underneath the overhead bins with your head on a I, I'm the guy that sometimes. gets up straight away because yeah. I need Why? to stretch my legs I've got to stretch my legs yeah. right okay so uh, the only time I ever am a bit twitchy in that situation is if I've got a connection and it's a quite tight connection um, and then you got on the bus so I know oh man it's the worst so I had a 45 minute connection at Shoulder Gall once and I had to run I actually had to run pelt it through the airport and I was very out CDG yeah. is a really bad place for um, yeah for that I've had to run there two or three times there's long it's distances in Shibol as well isn't yeah. It? yeah exactly so I have another tip for spending your time wisely in the airport or actually not in the airport so if you have a long layover there's actually a group of airports um, that offer free city tours. So Taipei, Singapore, Salt Lake City, Istanbul, Tokyo, Seoul, Amsterdam and Doha actually do offer free city tours if you have a long layover. Do you have to go through immigration? I don't know. I'm well, not sure, sure. Surely you do, otherwise you'd be like under protection. Of I suspect you do. <laughs> but you know, often, especially if you've got a, a fare that was very good value but meant you had to have a long layover it's definitely worth doing that what's the minimum time required to do the tour well actually Seoul you can do it in one hour they have an express tour wow. uh, That's really the rest cool of them some of them have minimum time frames so six yeah. hours or more um, they do vary but Seoul has an express uh, so I, believe I, it or not I was going to do this actually when I went to Tokyo last year because um, I went through Istanbul and I had seven hour seven hour layover unfortunately uh, my seven hour layover was between 10pm and uh, 5 in the morning and they don't uh, out outrageously they don't run the tours in the middle of the night yeah. so I wasn't able to do that so what did you do because one of the dangers is that you sit there I don't know looking at the news screen or something and I think one of the things is actually decides even if it's just sitting reading a book or doing emails you know it's worth having yeah. something so for that one, do. I found a bar in the airport that was open, overlooking the tarmac, and set myself up with my laptop and played Transport Tycoon Deluxe for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. Um, there are often good deals for airport lounges as well. Uh, occasionally they're included depending on which uh, class you're flying, but often there can be... Um, good deals for airport lounges and you get food, drink, Wi-Fi and stuff like that. So it's worth checking out, sometimes with your credit card And what provider. about, remember Sam, I think we investigated this some years ago, the kind of um, emerging phenomenon, although I don't think it really got established, of sleep pods and, you know, kind of yeah, capsule right. hotels within a within an airport where you can maybe catch actually three air, hours actually sleep. Actually airside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't really, I don't think they have really taken off actually. Not too much. I think there is still the Yotel in Gatwick. Uh, which is not quite capsule size, but very compact. Um, but yeah, finding somewhere to sleep can be difficult. So if you do have a long layover, maybe investing in an airport lounge pass is actually worth it. Yeah, definitely. Of course, another tip I've got is once you've actually touched down, you've you've come through the immigration and you're in, you're still in the airport, but you're at your destination. Um, I will always go to the, the nearest ATM, yep. use my WeSwap cards to withdraw or some notes. Revolut or Monza or other prepay cards are available, probably, we think. Indeed. Um, always selecting the local currency, not, not your home currency. Um, but normally when you get money from a cash machine, it comes out in fairly large denominations. And sometimes that can be, you're at more risk of getting cheated, especially if you're in a place where the currency, you're unfamiliar with the currency and there's like five zeros after it, you know, it's you're more likely to be kind of shortchanged. So always break down your currency. Go to I go to a shop in the airport where you're not going to get cheated, um, buy a pack of chewing gum or something and make sure you get a load of smaller notes. I, I tried to buy, in fact, no, I succeeded in buying a bottle of water because uh, I was absolutely gasping, gasping in a... Uh, a food stand outside of Calcutta Airport, uh, and I think it was probably about ten rupees, and I only had my smallest note was five hundred, and the look that guy gave me, yeah. he, he was absolutely. I think furious. they've recently um, eradicated two of the smallest banknotes in India. 
they're phasing them out. I I'm not sure something about which that. denomination they are. But yeah, yeah, another good tip for keeping track of unusual currencies is having a, a currency app on your phone. So I always have a currency app where if I'm unsure how much the, the amount is, I can always check because uh, I often get confused with zeros and things yeah, like that. That's a good tip, actually, because, yes, with all these zeros, you, it's very easily you can get confused and you can unscrupulous uh, people can add an extra zero or make you... You can be going, oh, it's this much. Is, is that a lot? Yeah. I have no idea. Exactly, yeah. So what about getting from your from the airport to your destination, perhaps your hotel or your Airbnb? Um, obviously, you can use tra- public transport or you might use a taxi. And I would say, if you're going to use a taxi, one useful site to use is called worldtaximeter.com. Ah. So this is a, a really good site. You can go on. It's quite simple, but you can input your destination and uh, departure and destination and it gives you an approximate taxi fare and this just gives it at least gives you a ballpark figure of about the amount that you should get charged because it's fairly well known that tourists are kind of pretty easy targets for airport taxis because you know you're fresh in the country you don't know about the currency you don't know how much it's going to cost and yeah. there's a lot of you know rip-offs that can happen then I think something that's associated related to that is um <clears throat> Go and find the official taxi rank at the airport. If there's guys wandering around saying, do you want a taxi, do you want a taxi? Walk past them and try and find the proper taxi rank for the airport with a licensed taxi because that's... That's the thing, yeah. Otherwise, you, you run the risk of potentially getting ripped off. Yeah, so. yeah. and always agree the fare. Um, and also, it's a bit well, about time... We've had this argument before on the podcast. Have we? Have yeah, again. Remind we me. have. Well, I, so I, would, you, I would always agree the fare with the driver before. Well, I would always say... <laughs> Unless it's I, I say use the meter, yeah, they use the meter. If it's metered, then it's different. Yeah, but it's kind of time versus money, which um, I guess is the theme of today's podcast. You may not always take taxis, but public transport may take a lot longer. You may get lost. You may have your case. Is it worth that extra investment in a taxi to get so, straight to your hotel? So I'm a big advocate of public transport. Uh, yeah, I, I, hmm. so I re- I really like, uh, particularly well, especially on a city break. Um, I feel like if you can take public transport and you can successfully work your way onto a train or a bus and then get off at your destination, once you've done that, it's not a big thing to do. It's like the the chances of you getting lost are actually pretty small, right? But if you can do that, one, you get a good feel for the city because you're traveling in the way that people who live there do and you you get a feel for the culture of the place and a feel for the general kind of vibe of the place and also once you've done it for the first time and you've unlocked that little achievement you feel like you can spend the rest of your weekend mini break or week just pottering about on public transport quite happily and you, you feel like a bit of a bit of an expert at the, yeah, yeah so, I, I, so I, I totally agree public transport is a fantastic thing to do you experience the local way of living my exception to it is when I arrive at the airport so I, I, I try and do it I straight try, away. I try and do it as soon as I get to the airport. Yeah, so if I have lots of bags to carry, I just want to get to my place that I'm staying at. So, and you, so I just you're jump not traveling with your, your one bag, Sam? Um, even if I am, I really? often do that I, because I, I need to get to my, you know, I want to get there and it's not necessarily worth the hassle yeah, after it, a long trip. The rest of the trip, I'm happy to do public transport. It's a great way of experiencing a new place. But that first time when I arrive... I, think it I often find it's not worth the stress. I, 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 another reason I prefer it, actually, is that um, if it's somewhere I'm not necessarily comfortable with the language with, I feel like I get on better with public transport because I can buy my ticket from a machine and I can get on a train and I don't have to talk to anyone um, until I'm ready to talk to somebody. Whereas if I have to tell a taxi driver where I'm trying to go and negotiate a fare and argue with him about how much it costs, that adds actually more stress to me than just getting on a train, sitting down and finding my way to where I want to go. Yeah. What about you, Gareth? Are you a taxi man? Or a- yeah, I'm taxi from an airport. It's, it's generally more efficient. Uh, there are exceptions. Edinburgh Airport has a brilliant uh, bus um, that goes, mm-hmm. I think it's every five minutes. Um, so there are exceptions, but generally speaking, I'll get a taxi. A little tip, if you do take a taxi, is uh, make sure, especially if you're in a country where the perhaps it uses a different script um, to English, then make sure you have the your destination written down, you know, printed out, so you can actually show the taxi driver. Yeah, that's very helpful. <clears throat> I think if you're on your way to catch a flight, check um, carefully how bad the traffic is likely to be. 
Because if you're talking rush hour, you might actually be much better off getting public transport or a train especially rather than getting a taxi. Because yeah, it can bypass. So I think that's a really important thing because I've been stuck before in taxis where if I'd taken a train or a tram, it might have been but you're, faster. You're a last minute man now, aren't you, Sam? So you probably... I, you know, this you is why be, it's been a problem for yeah. me in the past. You need to <laughs> so, leave earlier. So actually, again, it's time versus money, you know. Know which terminal you're going from. Yes. Um, because often they're very different. Uh, mm. Routes yep. and correcting that if you end up at the wrong one can take a lot, lot of time. And indeed, which airport? I've heard of people going to the wrong airport in the same city oh, well, yeah. many times. Yeah. Yep, I've very been very close to doing that as well. Which one did you do, Edgar? Um I had a flight from Luton, and I turned up at Stansted, mm. and they got very confused about um, when my flight to Edinburgh was. They seemed to think it would be. Uh, about four hours later <laughs> until we realised I was talking about a Luton flight yeah. did I did the same but we didn't quite get all the way there but it was Luton and Stansted as well did you manage to catch it in the end or did you miss it uh, no I missed it yeah okay so once you're actually at your destination you successfully navigate the public transport if you're Hugh or taking a taxi if you're Sam P or Gareth but you're you're at your destination you're sort of enjoying your trip um any what sort of tips and apps and tricks do you use once you're there? Um, I would say this this kind of comes down to before you go or while you have Wi-Fi, but save the uh, local area to your phone on Google Maps. Uh, save save it uh, so that you don't have to be constantly downloading data. Um, for your map because the GPS will still work even if you don't have data yeah it's really clever actually but I'm a big fan of Google Maps it's very useful um, yeah the GPS still works you can still tell where you are even like and directional certainly the Android version it's like a compass um, and you don't need a connection for this you just need um, for the mobile connection this bit does require data but uh, Google Maps local public transport uh, timetables and information is super useful as well mm. Uh, and actually, the new Google Trips, just while we're having a Google Fest, uh, the Google Trips app is great. It actually combines everything in one. Yeah. So your bookings, but also the maps and kind of places of interest. So you can save specific places you want to go to. I was I, I was very grateful for the public transport information on Google Maps for uh, when I was in Tokyo because uh, it has the colors of the lines and all of the information, the numbers of the lines right there in the in the timetable. So it's it's extremely helpful. What about language? Um, so if you're somewhere where you do not speak the local language, what things do you do to try and navigate and, and help your way around? Get yourself equipped with hello, excuse me, and thank you. And smiling and pointing can get you a lot of the rest of the way. I know that's that sounds very kind of... I'm not going to bother learning, but I mean, do bother, do bother learning, do try. I think, it, I think it's uh, it's polite, isn't it? Yeah. I think you can generally get by, especially with, you know, your mobile and the fact that you can be online at, at no cost abroad virtually these days, but out of politeness, I think a couple of phrases. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I can't admit to learning an awful lot more than the basics uh, where I can't speak the language, but I think one or two does go a long way. Definitely. Yeah. I'd agree. And I mean, if you want to go a little bit further, a really good app is Duolingo. Um, which is a kind of they've it's a really it's a free app and they've kind of gamified language learning and they, I think they offer I don't know probably twenty or so languages now. Um, it it'll take you a little bit deeper. It breaks languages into small sections. You know, you do like a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there. It's a really fun way of learning language. I'd highly recommend it if you want to learn a little bit more before a trip. Have you been using it for any recently, Sam? I've completed it on the French version, and I've... Oh, you've I've, completed French? I've completed French now. You are now... I am now... Completely 100% am, fluent in well, French. Well, as far as Duolingo goes, I wish they'd actually release a more, a kind of a more advanced one. I mean, it takes... Mm. It's several... That took like a year of doing right, it sporadically. Right. Um, but um, I wish they'd release a more um, advanced one. Um, but no, it's a really good app for, for language learning. And there's a few other ones, I think... Ba- ba- Babel fish or something. Babel. Babel. Babel is um, is quite good. Yeah. Any other language tips? I mean, I think for us English speaking, we're so incredibly lucky. Because yeah, we it's are playing become... travel on easy mode, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we are generally kind of complacent and don't learn as much because we know we can get by. Um, yeah, it's a bit cheeky, but unfortunately true. 
Okay, a few tips about eating. Um, Do it. You should eat. You should definitely eat whilst yep. abroad. Um, I recently felt... I mean, I, I consider myself a reasonably well-travelled person. I've, I've lived abroad. I've been to a fair few places, but I still occasionally get caught out. And I was in Budapest um, earlier this year, a city that I really, really like, and I've been a few times. And even though it was my second or third trip there, um, I, got, I fell into a little tourist trap. I went to, there's a, a really nice market there. I think it's called Central Market. It's this amazing uh, wrought iron um, kind of framed building. Architecturally, it's, it's beautiful and you should definitely go for the architecture alone. However, I would not advise eating there. There's two floors, uh, but the, the, the ground floor has kind of f- um, famous Hungarian products and produce like the paprika and palinka and other things like that. But the upper floor has lots of small kind of street food and that type of stall and there was a lot of tourists there but didn't think too much of it and went to a little stall and bought some food and I kind of forgot a little bit about the kind of exchange rates and everything (laughs) and didn't have your currency out Uh, installed well I'd already got yeah didn't exactly didn't have my currency out installed you know bought a couple of things nothing particularly spectacular it was a kind of a couple of plates of food but you know paper plates nothing special it was only later on when I kind of went back to the uh, Sky's kind of Budapest office and spoke to my Hungarian colleagues that they were some intakes of breath about the fact that I'd gone there and I did a little... You cur- spent how much? Well, I did a little currency exchange and it turned out I'd spent something like £18 on something which they told me would is only about a third of that. So mm. the next day they took me to somewhere else and it, you know, it was like £6. So it was a complete rip-off and this place clearly feeds off tourists going there because it knows they don't really know the, the correct prices of stuff so be careful if you see a place with lots of tourists it's probably going to be inflated prices not always but just be more aware of it and do check the prices more carefully yeah but i always check out foursquare um for food and drink uh places when i'm on a trip generally there's enough ratings and information on there do you, um, do you find that's widespread enough when you're going to slightly uh, yeah. more off the beaten track places if it's a very small place probably not but for a relatively big city or medium sized even small I think there's enough on there Yeah. Um, so I always do that and again you can save places on there as well I've been surprised actually um, by how many places are on Untapped which is a um, a beer logging and location logging app a bit like Foursquare when I've been to places which I've thought wouldn't have it at all and I've kind of gone oh where am I and it's just popped up with with my location actually I've, I've been surprised by that so yeah I can absolutely believe it okay so Foursquare and Untapped are, are good websites or apps to to get on your phone Untapped's for booze but yeah, yeah. Gareth any uh, kind of eating tips from you well I quite if I'm free for the evening then I quite like just walking down streets and look to see where where's reasonably busy has seems to have a local um presence and um and then just wander in there yeah that's that's a lovely way to do things it's kind of the can. Yeah. inefficient version of full square but you can often you know often you can't beat just stumbling across somewhere and and kind of the ease of doing that and also just asking the locals as well, asking your yeah. um, hotel or Airbnb host is a good way oh, as well. Well, asking the hotel is an interesting one. And mm. last time I did that, it was clearly a commission They basis. had a deal. But I, I think asking your Airbnb host is definitely yes, that a would good be one. for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, and that's one of the additional benefits of Airbnb is that you're going to get a fairly unbiased, uh, a genuine local recommendation. Whereas, as, as Gareth alluded to, Hotels and even taxis, certainly in certain countries, like in India, if you ask your taxi driver for a recommendation, then there will definitely be a deal going on there. Um, so I think it is a good idea to ask locals, but maybe pick the locals that you choose to ask their advice. So just some money-saving tips for visiting museums and other places. Um, sometimes uh, there's a day of the week where somewhere might have a free entry or a discount rate. And also book in advance online. Uh, Also because you might not get a slot. So if it's a very popular location, a very popular museum or attraction, it might be sold out for weeks, but also you might get a discount. Or you can skip the queue. Another good tip for attractions and something which is quite um, fun that I've done is um, walking tours. There seems to be this whole network now of most major cities have a free walking tour, a kind of daily walking tour. It's normally run by, normally like a student or a kind of, 
a young youngish guy or girl in their twenties. Um, they normally last for about an hour or two. Um, and they normally start like there's normally like maybe two a day or something. And you turn up at a certain meeting point. You can Google it online. Um, and they they'll take you around the city and they'll they'll tell, talk about the history um, and then they'll normally give you sort of local recommendations their own personal that's a good bar and that's a good restaurant that sort of thing so it's an interesting way to just get a bit of a feel from a from someone who's who's lived there about the city yeah I I love these I, I I've I've done a few of these now and the people are always really entertaining really. Um, really well informed and uh yeah absolutely brilliant way to, and you just tip at the end what you think it's worth yeah and it, yeah. it's yeah it's fantastic so that's all we've got time for on today's uh, travel podcast um thanks for listening remember you can download all the podcasts or listen to them uh, online on soundcloud or on itunes and if you've enjoyed it um which i'm sure you have then please do uh give us a rating and a review on itunes it's very very helpful if you do and be sure to follow us on social. Uh, you can find us on all the major networks at Skyscanner. On social. <laughs> we just drop the media now. Is that not a thing? <laughs> and, um, of course, you can download the Skyscanner app or visit the website to find the cheapest flights and hotels and car hire. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.